Hello and welcome to another episode of the Art of Blooming podcast with your host Daniela and Mariah. We're back and we are coming off of the holiday season. It is January, so this is the first release of the year. Yes. Happy New Year, listener. Um, Thank you for listening to us again on this brand new New Year. Like, how exciting is it? It's a magical one. I feel like everybody can collectively feel that, that this year is just going to be better than the last three. It's just, it, it can really only go up from here. It has to. Well, I wouldn't say that so quickly. Like, you know, I, I'll, I'm so on one hand, my word for the year, and I'm going to ask you what your word for the year is, Mariah, but like my word for the year is fearless because Taylor Swift and also because, <laughs> of course. Yeah. But also, like, all things lead to Taylor. Yeah. But I also just love the idea of like going into things without fear. So that's like the energy that I'm putting out there. But I also am like, I feel like the last two years of like COVID lockdown war, it's like, let's just chill. Okay. Like (laughs) you need to calm down. There's my Taylor bit. (laughs) There you go. So like Mariah, what is your word for 2023? My word for 2023 would be savor. Ooh. Savoir. (laughs) Savoir. Emily in Paris. All things lead to Taylor Swift and Emily in Paris. (laughs) I'm actually going to get that tattooed at some point, I feel like, in the next few months. But I want to savor because I feel like I've talked about this so much, but I've always been waiting for that moment whenever I would reach success, whatever I thought was success, which I did think it was being an entrepreneur and having an amazing career or proving myself to others because I you know, found this skill and was able to make an income off of it and just do something different. And I was always just like rushing through and running through the motions of the day-to-day and kind of just wishing life would move faster. So I think this year, I just really want time to move slower and I want to savor the in-between. I want to savor the journey and Like there's just so much that I want for myself and I still have these crazy dreams, but I just want to be happier in the before, like the- Or the during. Yeah, the during, because I guess I'm working towards it, but even though it feels so far away. So yeah, I just want to savor the now, the in-between. And I think this is just when you are about to turn 30 I'm having just so so many crises about like aging <laughs> and I've been watching um, Friends for the first time, which I know late, late to the party, but finally started watching Friends. I just finished it. And you just finished them, it? I finished it about a couple weeks ago or something. Oh my yeah. God, and then I watched I'm the so reunion. Happy. Oh my God. It's, it truly was a life-changing show. I don't know why I hated it as a kid. I just, guess I just couldn't relate to it. So now yeah, that I'm- one of I'm, the weirdos. Like, yeah, and I had friends, friends who liked it and I was like, I just can't relate. But now I can relate because, you know, we're of that time in our lives and um, where your friends are your family. Your friends mm. are the most important part of your life before you go and start your own family. And just how that series ended where, you know, Chandler and Monica are about to move into their house and start their own family. 
Sorry, this is a spoiler if you haven't watched Friends yet. <laughs> Disclaimer. Well, it ended like 25 years ago. <laughs> Not 25, like 20. I don't know. So I'm sorry. It's been a long time. But it was just like a huge perspective for me because, you know, seeing them in the reunion, how much they've aged. And obviously like the vanity of it, like, right, as you get older, you don't look as young and plump and youthful. And so I've just been having a crisis of like, oh my God, I'm aging. I'm starting to feel it. I'm starting to look like that one day. I'm going to be 50. I'm almost 30. And now I'm going to be 50. And just, you just start looking at every day differently. Mm. And so, um, and you start looking at like old photos and reminiscing on your 20s, just like, where did it all go? Like it really went by so quickly, especially mm. the last four, three, four years in the pandemic. I just feel like I didn't savor it enough. I didn't savor that time in my life where you're still getting to know yourself and you're figuring things out. And then I don't know, now it's just like, okay, now what? Like I'm in this whole new decade and mm. I feel like, you know, your 30s are like the new 20s, right? Yeah, 30 and flirty. 30, flirty and thriving. And I really feel that. I, I do still feel that, but um, I don't know. There's, it's just different. Like you're, everything just starts to shift a little bit more. Mm. And so I don't want another moment, another day to just be fleeting. And I don't want to just wish another day away. I want to savor the moment, savor my thirties. So that's my word. I love that. And as someone who's like, I'm about to turn 27 and I'm like freaking out half of the time because it's like, I feel like I always was like, you know, like <laughs> the wonder kid. <laughs> Wait, please um, describe what the wonder kid it means. <laughs> like, you know, like that's like a thing. To those of you who've watched Ted Lasso, please like laugh okay, with me. I have but not. anyway, you have to watch it. So good. But like the thing with like being a wonder kid is like you were like I was always like the kid that was like so mature for her age, you know, like so ahead. Right, the little so, Capricorn baby. Exactly. Like, you know, we were just before we were we were recording, I was telling Mariah this story of how in preschool, um, I talked to my mom. So she would talk to my teacher so that the kid that sat in front of me got moved because he would burp in front of me. And I said that I could not eat in front of someone who had bad manners. Like <laughs> that's that's who I was as a and child. And I burped in Daniela's face. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, like I was always like this like kid that was like, you know, special because I was mature. And now that I'm like old, er, right? Like wow. I'm no longer a kid. That made yeah. me special. What makes me special now? You know? <laughs> it's like my age is finally matching up my thought process. With your brain? Yeah, exactly. I'm finally <laughs> like the age I was always inside to be. Yeah. <laughs> I've really just been 27 for 27 years. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, I don't, it's like a weird little thing. And you're like, what you just said just made me really appreciate what I have. Because again, like I still have a three solid years of my twenties to like still figure out. And I don't know. I'm just yeah. like, thank you. Thank you. Save them. Save them because I didn't. I feel like when I was 27, I was like, I'm almost 30. I'm 30. I'm 30. 
Oh, and no. I'm like, man, I need to just like chill and be the age that I'm at and not be trying to rush and be older just so that I can prove mm-hmm. that I'm like wiser or something. I think that's where it came from for me. I always just wanted to prove that I was like wiser and more mature. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just very excited to see like how this year plays out. And talking about, you know, growing up and growing into things, today's episode is with our dear, dear friend, Esther, who comes to the podcast to share her story and how like in the past year, she's deconstructed her religion. Yes. And really, she's woken up to her own intuition and I feel like when you start to trust yourself and your wisdom within, you start to question certain belief systems that you were brought up with. So this is a conversation that I think is really interesting. And maybe a lot of you can relate if you grew up in a very similar upbringing with religion and faith being a very predominant part of your life. So We hope you enjoy this conversation. And if you want to share it with a friend who you think it would resonate with, we would appreciate that because we just love when our community grows. And yeah, don't be afraid to reach out to us on Instagram because we want to get to know you and like truly have a relationship. So hit us up. We're here to chat and let's get into the episode. Hi, guys. Hello. Let's pretend we haven't been talking for the last 15 minutes. (laughs) We've been just like giggling up a storm because that's what happens when the three of us are together. Mm -hmm. I don't even know Imagine if all three of us were in the same room together. We would not be able to record this at all. No. No, Never. We would just be like rolling on the floor. It'd be... Pretty interesting though. It might, it might but I miss it. Like I miss us all together. <laughs> this I needs know. to happen more. But we'll see each other in like what two months? Yes. Yeah, about so. Two yeah. Months. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've all only really been together like one time, <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy to think about because I feel like I've known you guys forever. I know it feels that way. Yeah. It feels like we've known each other since grade school and then we just went our separate ways for like college and stuff and now we're coming together again. Yes. But no. But we no. We, what did happen? Yeah, yeah. Well, how do we start this story? So it started with Daniela. Yeah. So I was born. Um, <laughs> so um, And Daniela yeah. had us, remember? Cause. <laughs> yes, because we're her children. <laughs> yeah, so basically, I'm going to try to be serious for once. Um, well, and we're going to try not to like put a million inside jokes in here that nobody's yeah, going to understand. Yeah, exactly. So basically, today we have Esther, our dear friend, the third, the third. So if this was a weird table, she would be the third leg of that table. Yes. So we have a table, we have a leg missing. <laughs> No, we're just we're a we're tri- just like a modern table. Okay? Yeah, we're a tri- I was thinking like- we were kind of like a three-headed beast. Like- oh, okay. That makes more sense than a table. Or maybe Doesn't. we are like, to segue into this conversation, maybe we're like the Holy Trinity and you're oh, like, oh, God. Okay. There we go. There you go. Okay, so, so who's? The- yeah. So who's Wait, God? what is the Holy Trinity again? The it's Father, God, the Jesus, Son, the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit. So Daniela is God because oh, God. she came first. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Except <laughs> and I created the world. Yeah. 
<laughs> you created our little world. Okay, and, but explain a little bit more about yeah. like how we met then. Okay, so so on the seventh day of creation. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so basically, so I met Esther. Wait, I met Mariah first. I met Mariah in December of 2020. Um, she reached out to work with me for branding because I'm a brand designer. And that tidbit of information is important because in February of 2021, I joined a course for brand designers. You almost said cult. I joined a cult for brand designers. No, kind of. It was, it, yeah. So um, I joined a course community thing for brand designers and I was put in this Facebook group with a bunch of other designers and we would ask pricing questions, business questions, whatever. And it was great. And then one day I got um, an inquiry for this illustration project and I was like, oh my God, I am going to die. I've never like charged anyone for this. So I went to the Facebook group and I messaged, hey, this is the project. I don't know what to do with my life. Help. And then five minutes later, I got a little message from (laughs) Esther. And I was like, I instantly knew that we were going to be friends because my grandma was called Esther. And I was like, this is also weird. I have a great grandma, Esther, who's no longer with us. Oh my gosh. Mariah, I don't think I knew that. What? I thought you did because we were joking about how both of our grandmas had passed and that you were her reincarnation <laughs> I might be. I might be. <laughs> That's insane. So yeah, so we, um, she answered my question and was like super like thoughtful in her answer. And I just knew that we were going to be friends. And then I, I don't know who set up like the first call. I'm not sure, but we started like talking every yeah. week and then it turned into like every day. Exactly. We would like message and like cope with like business because you were also in your first year of business. Yeah. So we kind of were like just talking about design stuff and then we started talking about life stuff. And then and then yeah, we just became really good friends. And then I was becoming really good friends with Mariah at the same time. And it almost sounds like I'm this like sociopath that just becomes friends with people on the internet. I promise you it's not intentional. Like it just happens, okay? I'm sorry. It also was <laughs> pandemic time. Like exactly. everybody was making friends on the yeah, internet. Exactly. So we were all in like lockdown mode still. Like I just wanted to throw that out there. So I don't mm-hmm. sound like a crazy person. And then, yeah, we were, I was friends with Mariah on one hand. <laughs> Mariah was living in Los Angeles and Esther, who was living in Chicago. They did not know each other. Like mm-hmm. that, no, like overlapping. And then when Mariah and Jack decided to move to Chicago, I was like, I have a friend who's in Chicago. And I had only seen Esther once before when I was in New York right before you came to New York, Mariah, mm-hmm. Esther and Jake they just met up each with other. me. Yeah, you missed each other for by like a couple of days. Mm-hmm. I had just had pizza with them and they took me to get vaccinated. <laughs> That's right. It was honestly That's a love right. story. <laughs> that is like the epitome yeah. of the friendship too. Exactly. So um, I had just seen them for like a couple hours and I was like, oh my God, I love these people. And then I saw you guys for the first time in New York too. And then you didn't meet each other. And then when you guys decided to move, I don't know, like January of this year. Was it January? Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need you. I need to set you guys up. And then 
I don't like you met when you finally moved in March, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's exactly what happened, I guess. Yeah, you set us up. So we got together, like Jack and Mariah and me and Jake met together for drinks and dinner. We went Uh to Tapas for our first time. Yes. And I feel like we hit it off on that very first Mm -hmm. double date. And since then, it was just like, oh, we really like these people. Let's hang out with them more. And then you came to Chicago to celebrate Mariah and so you stayed here. You bounced between a Mariah's house and my house, <laughs> uh-huh. like half and half, like this child yeah. that we were passing back and forth. <laughs> I know. And you stayed with us for what, like three weeks, a month? It was, I feel like it was a full month, but I, I guess yeah. it was three weeks. And then we yeah. went yeah. to New York. The three of us went to New York together. Yes. Yeah. And Which, we went to the Bridgerton Ball together. And yeah, I feel like during that, that entire us. month, that was probably my favorite month of the year. Me too. We just spent Same. all of our time the three of us together, plus our partners. But like, yeah. you know, it was like a little was, girl romance. So yeah. when we went to New York, that was just like the no. best. We, the best. we were insufferable when we came back. <laughs> like, I feel like yeah. we all like trauma bonded. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, oh my gosh, so much happened. Yeah. It was like overnight camp, but make it, it like adult. I don't remember how many but days make it, it was. Like, I don't even know. We were just yeah. like running around New York. Doing random stuff. Delirious half the time. (laughs) Yes. Going to the Whitney. (laughs) Yeah. It was so much fun. So Yes. And then the day after Daniela left Chicago, Jake and I flew to Madrid. And we spent two weeks in Spain traveling around Spain, which the last week that we were there, we spent with Daniela and her family. So it was just like two months of Daniela time, I felt like. (laughs) Yeah. And now— We don't get to see each other as often, but we still try and talk. We don't yeah. do this enough. We don't, like, video chat we don't. Enough, but we need no. to. We each have our own, like, friendships, and we're mm-hmm. all tight together, but we don't have our three of us together as much as we should. I know, but it's, yeah. like, so much fun when we do. So every time we get together like this, I'm like, why don't we do this every week? <laughs> I mean, we but should, it's but it's we hard should. with work and stuff. I but know. we have a WhatsApp group that's like so funny. Like whenever I need a laugh, I just go and see what we last wrote there. Like, yeah, we need to send more things in yeah, there. Like, we need to start so just funny. like sending memes. It's gonna turn into a meme chat. Completely. I think we should. Yeah, I think that's so. a good idea. So yeah, overall, just like I feel like we've got a little, we've got a little sisterhood here. Yeah, yeah. it's great. It's the great. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> the mother, the daughter, and the spirit. There we go. Changing yes. it up mm-hmm. here, okay? There you mm-hmm. go. So so I, I just love being God. So thanks. Um, <laughs> You're goddess. welcome. <laughs> but yeah, so basically, I, like, I think that out of all of the things that I did this year, I think that setting you guys up was probably the best thing that I ever did. Like, I think so too. I am so happy. <laughs> Selfishly. <laughs> I'm so happy that like, it just worked out because, guys, I was scared at first. That we weren't I was like, what if you guys, like, don't like each other? That's a very real fear because friendship, yeah. like, friends don't always like each other. And yeah. that's okay. Like, that's kind of just how things are. You're not going to get along with yeah. every single person. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. the fact that we did is either a testament to how you choose your friends mm-hmm. or just, like, I mean— the universe yeah, put it right I, here I for us. I think it was meant to be, though. Like I think so, too. It's just So insane. many synchronicities uh-huh. that happened. Exactly. But 
yeah, it's just crazy how the timing of it all and all. So it, it seems like it was it was meant to happen. So <sighs> it's our little love story. Yeah, that's how we met. And we're so happy to have you, Esther. Yeah, thank I am you. so, so honored to be here with you guys. It's just like surreal. I I think I've told you, but whenever I listen to your podcast, I'm like, I feel like this is the time that I spend with you guys, <laughs> the three of us, because yes. I'm just hearing you guys. And it's just really an honor to be on here and be chatting with you. Yeah, we've been wanting to have you on for a while. And you have a podcast too, so. I do. It, it was like bound to happen, but I know we just, you know, life gets in the way. So we're finally here on the Eve, Eve, Christmas Eve, Eve. <laughs> Is <and> that a thing? <laughs> I heard it today on um, the Today Show. <laughs> I was like, that's cute. <laughs> Christmas Adam. Christmas Adam. <laughs> Wait, I've never heard that before. Um, so I guess this is very fitting for our conversation since we're going to be talking about the deconstruction of religion, Christianity specifically. Esther and I both grew up with that being our predominant faith. And Danielle, I believe you were Catholic, right? So yeah, sort of like ish. chill Catholic. <laughs> You're like the the celebrate Catholic Easter, adjacent. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, no, we're just like convenient Catholic, you know, okay, right? Just when it's fun, when it's like weird, we just don't engage. <laughs> <laughs> when is it weird always? Which is so funny because it's complete opposite to how Mariah and I grew up. Exactly. Like we grew up as like as deep into the religion as you can. I feel like yeah. yeah so like, sure. let's dive into that. Like, what? Okay, so like Esther specifically. Right. And like Mariah, like since you guys have so many things in common, like what was it like growing up in a religious household? There's so many things to unpack with that question, right? Like there's so many things that I could say like, oh, my family talked this way. But for me, I'm curious, Mariah, for you, if it was similar or different because of my experience. My parents were missionaries for a, I think it was like eight years total. And so everything we did was revolved around Jesus, around Christianity. Like you're praying at every meal, you wake up and you're supposed to do your Bible study and you're supposed to do a family Bible study before you go to sleep. And when my parents were missionaries, it was about sharing your faith all the time as much as you can. And we'd go to church every single week. And it was like, you have to go to then youth group every single week. And I remember telling my parents during high school, I don't want to go to youth group. And they're like, well, when you're under this house, when you live under this roof, you have to go and do what we say you're going to do. And so it was things like that that were just constantly, like you're always engulfed into the religion. Every aspect of your day has parts of it in there. Mm-hmm. And then I think on top of that, you're constantly thinking of like, the ways that you're supposed to be better or be more Christian-like even when you're at school or like just doing your normal day-to-day things. And so I think that's kind of a hard question to unpack because there's a lot of it, but I think that's kind of the the Mm -hmm. basis of like what my day-to-day slash week-to-week looked like as a growing up Christian. Wow. Okay. I never really got to see it like that when I feel like we've talked about this, but in very bite-sized forms. And so to hear kind of just the general day-to-day and what your life looked like is 
just so different from what I actually thought it was. So it's interesting to hear you share it already. And I'm like, I can't wait to ask you more questions about it. I am so curious what you thought it was like. I guess I didn't think it was as like, sent. I knew that your parents were missionaries, but I didn't realize that it, how much of an effect that had on your entire life, right? Mm. Because they were, that's why you were always traveling or moving around. And so it really was completely centered around your religion. Yeah. Your whole life. And on top of that, like as missionaries, my parents lived their entire, um, I don't want to say it's like their paycheck because they weren't really getting paid necessarily, but the way that they could support themselves is by people who are donating to them. So like our apartment that we lived in in China was came from donations, like what we ate. So we, we lived pretty, um, like we didn't make a lot of money because everything was donations. But when we were in the States, it wasn't just like, oh, let's go visit our family. We would be traveling to different churches so that my parents could share what they're doing and then ask for donations. So there was probably, and I was young when this happened, so I can't remember exactly, but I do remember traveling. Like we'd travel all the way up the East Coast, stop at different churches. We'd go to Chinese churches because my mom is Chinese and that was kind of where they were, their quote unquote market was. But we'd stop and we'd stay at people's houses and then we'd go to their church and share. And then we'd have to go to like different meetings afterwards so that we could meet with people and they could share more and then they could potentially get more donations or have people sign up. And it was like, sales to another level because it's religion in a way. I don't know. There's a lot, like, there's a lot that goes on with that. And I don't know what every single missionary family was like, but that's how it was for us. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Our experiences were very different. And mine, I guess you could kind of classify like different tiers of Christianity as far as how much people embody that in their everyday moment moment by moment. Some, I feel like, embody it only on Sundays. And it's like that Sunday church ritual. But pretty much anything outside of that, like they're not doing Bible study, not really like talking about it as much. There's such a spectrum with it. And um, so many different denominations and people kind of just pick and choose what they want to believe, what feels good for them, which I think like that makes sense to me, like that aspect. And that's kind of like the spirituality that I've come into is you take what resonates and you leave the rest. But I feel like how I grew up was, um, you know, going to church every Sunday and I was in Bible study occasionally, but it wasn't super consistent. I think, you know, my mom kind of wavered with it where she would be like very involved and she'd have like a good community at church and then, you know, life would happen and, certain people would move away, right? Or you'd go to a different church and not be as involved. But um, yeah, I think I just grew up with, I go to church every Sunday. You know, we talk about God generally, especially when my mom was giving me advice or wisdom. It would always be very faith-centered. But my mom also, she believed in a lot of other things because she um, is a massage therapist and was very much into energy and holistic health. So I felt like she was kind of like in between both. And you know, my grandma was also very, she's Catholic and very um, into like witchy stuff. Because I feel like Catholicism, like the ritual-based work is rooted in a lot of- Paganism. Like, paganism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So um, my, I just remember being little, my grandma doing some rituals with me and we had angel oracle cards that we would do together. But when my mom married my dad, so my mom grew up Catholic. And then when she married my dad, she converted to Christianity. And so there was a lot more rules that came with that. And so anytime I would kind of dabble in that stuff with uh, my grandma, my mom would be like, that's bad. And she'd get really, really upset. And my grandma would, would say that there's only like one God, like you don't pray to angels. It's just one God and Jesus, the Holy, right? The Holy Trinity. So... Yeah, I think I was just always very confused because I lived with my grandparents and my mom. So it was just like very confusing that they didn't really agree, but I was like, whatever. And I was very, very close to my grandma and I feel like her and I were very similar. Like I loved doing those angel oracle cards from as young as I can remember. I just thought that was so cool. And so, yeah, I think over the years, it just kind of like ebbed and flowed. And it sounds, Esther, like your, your faith was like very structured, very consistent um, and like very all consuming. Yeah. It's interesting to hear you say that because I think like, like you said, a lot of people identify as religious or as Christian or whatever denomination, but your experience can be very different. I think of like some of my friends who didn't, their parents were missionaries, so they lived in the same area. They sounded more kind of similar to what your experience was like growing up. I mean, aside from like your grandmother's influence and that kind of stuff, but the like the day-to-day thing. So it's really interesting to think about that. But then going into what you're saying about your grandma and the other types of like spirituality that was introduced and how your mom reacted to it, the way your mom reacted to it is the way that my parents always were. So I was always taught that other spiritual practices, other religions, like anything else outside of the walls of Christianity was something to be feared. So like anything like tarot cards or oracle cards or meditation and even yoga. Like I told my dad that I signed up for a yoga class in college and he was like, be really careful. That's like really dangerous for you. You can be letting demons into your heart. And I'm like, dude, it's literally exercise, but okay, whatever. Like, I mean, you can, you can have a, spiritual yoga experience, but you also can do yoga that's not mm-hmm. spiritual. But, yeah, but it his is a reaction to that, yeah, it's, it's a gateway drug. Mm-hmm. But yeah. his reaction to that is like, oh, the way that you do like a sun salutation is saying that you're like worshiping the sun. And so there's like lots of little things like that where it was just always no, our way is the right way. And don't even think about anything beyond mm-hmm. what we tell you to believe. Right. But It's also interesting. I think there's a lot of layers and part of me is like, I hope my parents don't listen to this because I don't want them to, Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, I haven't talked to them a lot about it, but my parents also were kind of confused. Like my, let me like take a step back to like my, my actual origins. Like my mom was not raised Christian. My mom was raised Buddhist. She grew up in Hong Kong, sort of Buddhist, but also more like they did some rituals, but they also didn't do a whole lot. Like her they family's chill, not. chill. Beings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there was yeah. like a shrine on, on top of the TV, like on the <laughs> TV stand that my grandma would do every once in a while. And she had like feng shui around the house, but she wasn't like really that Buddhist. But then my mom just at the age of 18 decided to go to uh, Canada for college. And she ended up going to a Bible college which I don't think was intentional. I think it was more just like, I want to go study abroad and this is a good spot. I mean, it's cheap and she could 
get her education there. So she went there and my dad went there and they met in college. And so they fell in love, got married, had me. But like their starting was a Bible college and my mom converted while she was in that college. And then from like when I was young until even now, my parents, there was times when they went to different churches and different denominations. So for a while they were in a Chinese church, then they were in a Baptist church, and then it was an Assemblies of God church, which if you don't know what that is, that's like really like prophetic. It's very like they there's dancing around all the time, where on the opposite side, Baptist is not like that at all. And then there was like a non-denominational church season, and then we were in China, so we were doing like house church, and then my parents are now currently in an Orthodox church. So there's a lot of like confusion within Christianity for my parents as well, which made it confusing for me because I'm like, well, you're telling me to believe all these things, but you don't actually know where you want to stick. I mean, there were seasons where it was like six years in one church, but there could be a year in another church too. So very confusing for me growing up to be like, well, I don't really know what you want out of me, but apparently I can't do anything else besides Christianity in as a whole. Does that make sense? Yeah, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. And I guess that's kind of like where the spectrum comes from is it's like there's all these different denominations. And then I feel like within those denominations, there's other things that kind of just like spark off and people are starting their own churches or their own small groups and creating their own beliefs from there. Um, So I feel like people are already when you have different denominations, you're already deconstructing something and making it into something else, mm-hmm. which, you know, really is okay. Like I'm okay with people wanting to believe whatever they want to believe that resonates with them and their reality. And I think we're all entitled to that. And I think why we kind of want to have this conversation is to talk about the impact, the negative impact it has when one truth one way of looking at a spirituality practice is the only way that that can really impact your self-worth and your sense of trust in yourself and can ultimately block you from your own intuition and lead to a lot of, lot of confusion um, and a lot of trauma. And I know Esther, you do have um, some religious trauma. I feel like I do too. I didn't even really start thinking about the idea of religious trauma, because I feel like I have different other kind of different trauma that I've been focusing on. But then when I started looking into religious trauma, I was like, oh, wow. Like I do feel, you know, all of those impacts, the lack of self-worth and identity and not knowing who you are, being very confused about anything that's outside of what's been told to you your whole life and just feeling very lost. So, um, I was just like, wow, I didn't realize Mm -hmm. how impactful it was to grow up in that type of environment when you're told this is the only way you can't think for yourself, do as you're told, or else you're going to burn in hell. (laughs) Yeah, there's so much trauma that comes with religion, and so many people that I've talked to have it in in some way way or another. I think a big one for me is like the trauma of being a woman in the church too, where you're told like you can't really speak up. You don't have as much of a voice as men do. But then all the things that you said as well. I agree that like this is something that I've been learning a lot over the last couple of years as I've been just deconstructing my faith is that, yeah, everybody is entitled to their own opinion. But I also think that there is a level of like ethical 
standard that we should hold ourselves mm-hmm. to that the church kind of overrides because they're the church. They feel like they can say whatever they want to say. So there's an aspect of like, yes, believe what you want to believe, but also we are human and let's not run all over people. Mm-hmm. But my deconstructing journey started three years ago during the pandemic. I had been, well, maybe it started before that. I think it started when I was young. But, like, I always was kind of like, eh, I don't really believe in this, but, like, I guess I'm going to do it because this is what I'm told to do. I went to college, and then I stopped going to church. And as I think a lot of people do during college, you're allowed to do whatever you want, and you don't have to do what your parents say. So I didn't go to church at all during college. But when I moved to Chicago right out of school— I decided like, oh, maybe I should go back to church. Like, I feel like this is a good place to meet people. It's Mm -hmm. like a a very wholesome place. You're going to make good friends and like be around people that are going to help me be a better person. And that is true. Like I moved to Chicago and I met my closest friends here. Like I had a solid group of girlfriends who are still my friends today that I had met in church and while everybody has since left to that church because of trauma, most of my friends still are religious. And I also met my husband in that church, but we did leave together. So I feel like Christianity was part of my journey, but I also was like constantly deconstructing it. And then when the pandemic hit, Jake and I had have been having conversations already pre-pandemic about like, I don't think this feels right. Like, I don't think we should be here anymore. And then pandemic was like a good excuse to be like, let's peace out quietly. And so since then, which now has been three years, it's been a a journey of like, okay, what do I actually believe? Because I think there is stages of deconstruction and it's kind of like the stages of grief where you're like, Mm. I don't know. Like the first is like denial, like, Maybe I'm not, maybe I still am a Christian. I'm just like taking a break from church right now. And then it's like, oh wait, no, I actually don't believe this. And have you guys ever watched the home edit? Yeah. On Netflix. One of the things that they talk about is like going into your closet, for example, if that's what you're trying to reorganize and literally taking everything out of it so that you can put it back in an organized way and like decide what you're going to keep. And I think that was a big stage for me over the last like two years of taking everything out, deciding what parts of Christianity need to stay and what don't need to stay. And part of the stuff that needed to stay and where I've decided that I think religion can be good is being a better person. But you don't have to be in a religion to become a better person or to teach your children or have friends that are like good quality friends who who want to grow spiritually and things like that. I feel like I just went on a huge tangent about that's what this is for things but yeah. <laughs> welcome to podcast <laughs> yeah our <laughs> <to her> podcast <laughs> no that you said you you said so many great things yes there and I think I mean I want to take it back and get to hear your full story of you know you grew up your your parents were missionaries you traveled and then you know within that you began deconstructing fate your faith over time because it wasn't all at once it was just kind of like little bits of information or little bits of aha moments that all of a sudden all of a sudden started to piece together and form a clearer picture so how old were you when your parents stopped doing missionary work 
Uh, my senior year of high school. Okay. And then um, once you went to college and you kind of took a break from it, what were there any points within that in college, like any things that stuck out to you that were red flags as far as what you had believed? I think during my college time, I was in what I would consider like a rebellious phase where I didn't really want to think about it. I was just like, I'm free. I don't have to think about religion at all. I can just go and live my life and like drink and party and have sex and like do whatever I felt like doing because I didn't quote unquote have to like say anything to my parents or they wouldn't know because I felt like my parents were the gatekeepers of Christianity for me. So once I was able to experience things that the church said was wrong and realized like, oh, this didn't really affect me that much. That's when I started to think, wait, the rules that Christianity set are just rules for no reason in my head. And it's taken me a lot of time to like understand why there are those rules anyways. But I think that was kind of a big thing where when I would go home, my parents would then say like, well, why are you not going to church? Why are you drinking? Why are you doing whatever? And and always the questioning about it when I was like— What would you say? Like, did you have answers for that then? I think that I was like sassy. I was like, it's fine. I don't care. Like, I don't think I really said anything much to it. Did you feel guilt? Like, did you did you believe that you were going to be— because what's the belief if, if you sin? Because, okay, the concept is that Jesus came, died on the cross for our sins so we could be forgiven. So mm-hmm. if we sin, then if you're just forgiven, why not sin? Yeah, and I think that's a loophole <laughs> that a lot of Christians go into as that's well. Because loophole. like, I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of in the Catholic Church too, where you have confessions oh, sure. and you just confess what yeah. you've done wrong. And yeah. I think a, a big thing for some Christians is like, if you could be the Sunday morning Christian where you go and you black out on Saturday night, but you wake up on Sunday and you go to church and you're good forgiven. because you've mm-hmm. now gone to church and you can like be forgiven. But I think, yeah, I mean, like the core of it is quote unquote that Jesus died for your sins and therefore like you're clean. But if you do sin— you could not go to heaven. like Yeah, that's where I was confused always. And then there's the confusion within the church of like, well, all sin is equal. So if you lie to your parents, that's as equal as having sex before marriage, which is as equal as killing somebody. Yeah. And that's what also was like a red flag to me where I'm like, I don't think that's true. Like literally, if you think about the law— Murder is a higher charge than petty theft. Yeah. So, or, I mean, like n- disobeying your parents, right? Yeah. Like that you're one not like going to go to jail for disobeying your parents. So, why would you go to hell for disobeying your parents? As yeah. someone who did not grow up or with this, like around me, I hear all of this and I just think that it's like such a big tool for mani- like manipulating yeah. people and children especially it's like and and it's also very like black and white you know it's like you're either sinning or you're not sinning you're either evil or you're a good christian right and it's like it i i don't think that's like a great place to to like become who you are right like now that i'm hearing you i'm like now i understand why so many people that are like 
that are gay or or like, you know, like that grew up in this environment are so tortured, right? Because like if you're being spoon-fed this information every single day, right? It's it's literal like it sounds painful. It's 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 abuse. Yeah. I mean, I, I look it at is. it as yeah. abuse and mind control and it can totally destroy someone's sense of self and lead to like extremely negative mental health issues, depression, yeah. anxiety. I feel One like- One of the things that I, I think I saw a lot in regards to that was particularly in women in the church because women are so- watched to make sure that you are a good Christian girl, that you're being, I think they call it like the Proverbs 8 or Proverbs something woman who like is submissive to her husband, like doesn't ask any questions. She bears children. Like that's the big thing. Like you're supposed to have kids who doesn't swear, who doesn't listen to bad music, who like reads her Bible every day and does all the quote unquote perfect things that you're supposed to do. And then a guy will think that you're wife material and want to marry you because you're doing all the right things. Whereas the guys don't have the pressure. They can kind of screw up and they can do what they want. And they're still sought after because also there's not that many guys in Christianity. Yeah. They prey on the vulnerability of women, which now taking a step back, I'm like, we're not vulnerable, but we're made to think that we're vulnerable. Women are actually so powerful, but over centuries, they have been beaten down so they can be submissive. And mm-hmm. I think religion is a way to make women submissive. 1000%. Yeah, that is and- the origin of it. It's the origin of this patriarchal control, the dis- the destruction of the goddess. Yeah. For sure. And like women like women were eliminated out of the Bible. Like I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, yeah. but like Mary Magdalene, a bunch mm-hmm. of like other women that wrote pieces that should be in the Bible. They were just taken out somewhere back in like the 14th century. They were yeah, like or written nope. to be a whore, right? Exactly. Right. Like nope, no women, just just men. Just, you know, let's just do this. There's like a total of I think four like four or six women in the Bible and like hundreds or thousands of men. And the women have like very short lines or very short stories. And it's just like, it's really fucked up. Mm -hmm. It makes me so mad. And like, it makes me mad that even today, like people are still just like, oh, it's fine. Like, that's just how, that's like the word of God and we have to adhere to it. And this is what he meant to share with us. And I don't know, I have a lot of like anger. I think, I think (laughs) deep down, (laughs) same. I think deep down that people feel like in their subconscious that if they start to question things, then what would happen? Like, I think that's where their fear lies. And I do think a part of us want to be told what to do and what to believe that it almost feels easier than going on that journey of doing the internal work, figuring out who you are involves a lot of what do I not like about myself? What are the things that I don't want to see? And I think that the Ten Commandments or these these commandments that were created are so there's so much deeper behind those commandments of self-work, right? Like I felt like I never understood why we didn't talk about having like jealous thoughts or I had a lot of 
guilt for having like lustful thoughts or having jealous thoughts. And I felt like that wasn't really talked about as much um, at my church specifically. And I was, I grew up in a non-denominational Christian church, but I felt like a lot of it was very, just bypass your emotions rather than truly feeling them. And these emotions aren't bad. Like it's not, you're not a bad person for having that lustful thought or that jealous thought. You're not sinning just because of that thought. Those thoughts are are natural and you're meant to have them. And they're they're just kind of meant to be reframed a little bit or to point you in a different direction. And I felt like I never got to understand how to navigate my mental health and my my mindset. It was just, don't do this, do that. And that's Don't it. question it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing though. It's like, especially as women, just like Esther was saying, like in, in the Bible, you're either a whore, a virgin, a mother, or like, what else is there to be if you're a woman? Right. Like, and you don't question that. Right. Like mm-hmm. we're an old lady that, you know, like is wise. You're only wise when you're old and you, you know, you, you're not. And you can't have sex. Right? Exactly. When yeah, you, so or when like, people don't want to have sex with you. So exactly. So it's basically like, it's so, there's so many like sexual undertones to religion too. And like, and so much op- oppression and like, don't ask because we don't really have an answer type right. of energy. Like, that's like one thing that I remember, like I did have friends who were like somewhat religious or just, I remember when I did like my first communion, right? When we would go to these like classes on Sundays. And I remember once that like, I barely went to class. Like we basically, I just went to like five classes and then I did my little party and that was it. But I remember (laughs) reading the book and being like, wait, like why though? (laughs) Just, I was, I was like Mm -hmm. thinking like, why? And also I remember wanting to ask and then having like my friends tell me like, no, don't ask that. You'll get in trouble. And I was like, what? Yeah. Okay. I think that that's like kids when they're young always have the why question, mm-hmm. but parents or the elders don't want to answer anything. So they're just like, just go with it. Just Dude, go with it. It's so confusing. Like my mom always tells the story of how my little brother Diego, he went into a church when I was going to do my first communion. He's only about two years younger than me. And he was like, so this is baby Jesus. And then Jesus is in the cross. What did baby Jesus do? (laughs) (laughs) And and my mom thought it was the cutest thing ever. And she was like, well, (laughs) you know, some stuff happened. He he grew up. He was like, but what did he do? And she... (laughs) Like, what do you answer to that? You know, it's like he died for her for our sins. Okay, but like we weren't even born, dude. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like so many questions and so little answers, and also so many like (laughs) secrets. Like you'll know when you're older, type of thing, right? Or you'll Mm -hmm. know when you're married, or you you'll know when you have kids. That was a big one. What? Yeah, I think going back to what Mariah was saying, well, both of you are kind of saying it of like, it's kind of blind leading the blind. I think people don't want to do the work and sit down and ask questions because they don't know. It's just easier to follow the crowd, follow what 
people have to say than actually thinking through it on your own and deciding what you believe or how things can work for you. It's easier to follow like a playbook. And that's why I think people Mm -hmm. follow the Bible so blindly because Mm -hmm. it's just easy. And that's definitely something I've learned over the last couple of years of deconstructing is like, it's really freaking hard to figure out for yourself what you believe. It's really hard to sit down and reckon with yourself on like who you want to be. And most people don't want to do that work because it's a lot and it's very mentally exhausting, emotionally exhausting. Like there's days where I felt depressed because I'm like, I've spent my whole life believing something that I like don't agree with. And you're sitting there thinking like my, the last 26 years of my life was a waste um, because I was blindly just following what somebody else said. So a lot of people don't want to do that work and reinterpret. So it's easier to just follow and like regurgitate the same words and the same language and thoughts and prayers and all of that. Mm -hmm. Like there's, it's surface level. Well, when you think about it, when you think about the bigger picture of how there was this book created to disempower people from discovering their own truth, because I think the more that you lean on something else outside of yourself, the more you feel like you don't have control. And the less control you have, the less power you have, and the less access you have to your intuition. Yeah. And what happens when we discover our truth, what happens when we start to look within, we get empowered we get obviously healthier because we're we're clear on who we are and the other fulfillments in life that just add on to that. We become truly unstoppable. And that's something to be feared from whoever created this means of control, right? Because when people start to take action from their own place of empowerment, big things can change. And I think we're seeing that now. That's huge. I love the way that you worded all of that. I mean, it makes sense, right? Because the more you follow a book, the less you have to actually look within for the the answers. And think about when you're doing like meditation or you're just kind of sitting in silence with your thoughts or you're, you're doing practices that connect you to that flow. And wisdom just comes from another place. Yeah. I have an analogy that I just thought of like to this that kind of helps me frame it a little bit. But like religion in the way that I experienced it growing up is kind of like living in the same small town you've had, you've been in your whole life and not thinking about what else there is in the world and and thinking like, oh, if you go explore, like you're going to be exposed to so much. But have you you guys have traveled? Like you think about the first time you travel to somewhere that's so different, your eyes open up and you see the world in a different light. You see the new possibilities. You come back with this renewed sense of excitement and inspiration. And that's unstoppable because you can then go outside of your little small town and bloom into this person that you're supposed to be. And like, you're exposed to just new experiences, trying new things, trying new food. And it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And religion is saying like, no, just stay comfortable. Don't go out of your comfort zone. Just kind of like be here, stay small. Yeah. Don't like think about anything else, but there's so much beauty in trying new things. There's so much beauty in having new experiences and seeing different cultures, seeing, hearing different languages. Like 
I feel like that's kind of where I want everybody to be because like you said, you get to grow and it's so powerful when you have new ideas and just get to think for yourself outside of this little box that you were told to grow up in. Mm -hmm. And I think that leads to another layer of this because I know that we're kind of focusing on like Christianity because that's like what we have, that's our experience. But when you think about all religion as a whole and when you get to travel and experience other cultures, the more you get to understand why these other religions have came to be and the more you start to see how they're all kind of connected and how they all kind of lead to a similar place is having faith in something greater than ourselves, right? There's just this universal power, right? This universal, whatever you want to call it. But it's this collective energy, essentially, right? It's this collective energy that can, you know, lead us to finding faith or finding peace and hope throughout difficult situations, right? Because I think people, they usually come to faith or lean on faith when they're going through a really difficult time in life. And I feel like all religions can relate on that. You know, then in Christianity, it's come to Jesus moment, right? That moment where you're like on your knees and you have to look above. And I think that's kind of where we can all relate as far as believing in something else greater than ourselves. Also, like Esther, I'm so curious of like, okay, so that's how you grew up, right? Like that's how you sort of like started taking steps away from church. How does religion or spirituality look like for you now? Okay, that's a great question. So spirituality for me, like I think that I used to think that spirituality meant being part of a religion and like following all the things that a religion, whether it's Christianity or Islam or Buddhism, it's just following what they had to say and do. But I feel like from leaving faith, I've actually become more of a spiritual being. And it comes back to listening to my own intuition and feeling out what feels right for me and how to connect with my spirit guides or how to connect with other people relationally and what I actually want out of my life and what the universe has as a plan. Like, I think that I was able to grow more into my spirituality by exploring that and really just sitting down and thinking through how I want to live my life. Because I think spirituality all exists inside each individual person and it's not going to look the same. Um, So my spiritual experience is different from Daniela's and Mariah's, but they are so beautiful in their own way. Like what led you to discovering spirituality outside of Christianity? And when did you You guys? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, but it's so true. Daniela, Daniela said this. I think you have said this multiple times. Like I've become more of a woo-woo person over this year. And yeah, I think that I always kind of was like curious about it. She was woo-woo curious. I was (laughs) woo-woo curious. But for the first like two years after leaving my church and deciding like, I can't do this again. I thought I was going to be not spiritual. I thought I was just going to leave 
any type of spirituality behind. And like, maybe the world doesn't have spirits. Maybe this is just nothing. And I just need to like step away and move on and just live my life. And I think having Daniela come into my life and then you come in and, and just kind of share your experiences about it and then doing research, like a lot of YouTube research and TikTok and whatever, just realizing that there is so much more outside of me and outside of what I knew. And I think that I'm not done. Like, I don't know where three years from now is going to be, but I have had very spiritual experiences recently that just opened my eyes to realize it's not the way that I have always interpreted it. And there's, there's so much more to learn and to grow, but definitely from you guys and our trip to New York, I think was a big, big one for me. Really? Oh my gosh. What do you, I'm trying to think what we talked about in New York specifically. While we were there, well, she got her first hero deck. Oh, that's right. She I got, did. I, yeah. And, and it was, it was so sweet because we did a little like tarot reading on each other while we were in the hotel room. And I remember looking at Esther and being like, this girl is a natural. Mm-hmm. Like she is such I a- think I like explained like, something for you and, yeah. and you were like, wait, what? Yeah, it was like <laughs> but I've, channeling. I was like, I think what? I've always had that. Like even when I was in Christianity, quote unquote, like I was always very intuitive. And I think maybe that's kind of a Pisces thing too, of like yeah. being able to read the room even when there's no words spoken. But yeah. Well, it's interesting. <laughs> also, you're um, a rising Aquarius. So you're big three. You're Pisces, many- Pisces, Aquarius. Yes. So, I mean, hello. You're like a galactic traveler. She's an angel. Yeah. Like, <laughs> an <laughs> angel from the heavens. Yes. Definitely <laughs> like earth Beyond. angel, galactic angel for yeah. sure. Um, and I felt that from you instantly too, is that you just have. Although maybe you have felt like you weren't ever clear of what your own truth was because of religion, I feel like this inherent intuitive ability has has always been there within you. And I think now you're just starting to wake back up to that and learn how to trust that again. It's like this trust muscle within you. And I just see you doing incredible things like once— you figure out whatever you need to figure out so that you can feel, I mean, I feel like you're already starting to feel that empowerment, but this has just been like how many, one year since you've started to be woo woo. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a year, which is, it's so funny. I also think like kind of going back a little bit and talking about like family because I met my husband in the church too like, I think that was another level where it's cool to see us explore it together and not be as afraid. Because I was afraid that he was going to, like, leave me because I was mm. becoming woo-woo. And he was like, no, actually, like, I don't agree with this stuff anymore either. So, Wow, that's crazy, too. Like, talk about the synchronicities and also how scary that is to have found your person when you believed completely different things and feeling— comfortable enough within your relationship to like share that and know that, you know, it was a safe place for you to be who you were or be who you are. And Jake's amazing. So of course, like, wouldn't he, he's so accepting and just 
just a wonderful human being. So it's really cool to to watch you guys go through that together. And that's another thing that I remember earlier this year that you were going through, that you were like scared of losing your past friendships now that you weren't like wanting to be involved in Christianity anymore. And I remember like telling you like, what? Why would you lose these friendships? And and you explained it. And I was like, oh my God, like this actually happens to people, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there and are certain really religions tough. where like once somebody's out, like you shun them. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where I was feeling like nervous. That's part of why, like I said earlier, like hope my parents don't listen to this because <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. It's scary. Like if my parents knew what they would think or what they would do. And and I want to believe that they love me no matter what, but it's still scary. So you haven't come out to your parents? No. I'm coming out. <laughs> yeah, this is your coming them, out. Yeah, you'll just send them this episode. Like, yeah, maybe. Well, now I read tarot cards, <sighs> mom and dad. Well, and I do yoga. <laughs> I love yoga. <laughs> and I like candles. And yeah. <laughs> well, I remember telling you recently that, like, for my kind of deconstructing Christianity and that whole process was just a very slow over like over I would say 10 years and I think when I finally like moved away from living with my mom and being in that environment of all my friends and community who believed that faith it's crazy how once I was just removed from that environment everything just clicked where I I wouldn't say everything but it was like I found one thing. I found astrology. I really dug into that. And then from there on out, I was like, wow, I don't believe that. But I think it's hard to look back and be like, what was the final like moment where I was like, okay, this isn't like, I fully don't believe this at all. It's hard to pinpoint it because it was like such a slow unraveling. And there were things that within that, because I think it was about 2017 when I started to deconstruct it, but it probably wasn't until 2019, 2020 pandemic. Okay. I would, I just came out to my family. Was it last Christmas, this last year? So it took me a long time to, I think, finally feel comfortable in my truth because I think for a while I didn't kind of subscribe to a lot of things within Christianity. And I didn't really call myself a Christian, but I still didn't feel a hundred percent like I could say it out loud to people and announce it until just recently. And I don't know what happened. I think it's just more, it just comes out. It just comes out. Yeah. You just, you just know. And so. Yeah. One of the things that Jake and I have been talking about, because of course it's like a very real fear for my family and for his family to like share it. One of the things he reminds me is they don't have to know. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like you're keeping it a secret, but like, it's not their life. It's not their journey. Like they, they don't really need to have a say on what we believe. And it's more like I, I'm doing the work on my own and it's my journey and my thoughts and my feelings and that's already hard enough work. Like I don't need to be responsible for anybody else's opinions, thoughts. Like they don't have a right to 
my life. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's a, it's a good reminder because I always, I am a recovering people pleaser and I want everybody to be happy with me and to love me and support me in everything that I do. But like, this is something that is personal and it doesn't warrant anybody else's opinions. Mm. It's so, so maybe someday true. I'll come out to them, but it's not now. Mm-hmm. Unless they ha- find the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you send it to them. Oh my God, that would be so malicious. I would never want that for you <laughs> to have to go through it. I would want it to come out naturally. I just listened to a podcast there. So I listened to a couple like deconstructing podcasts and there was one, they were interviewing a guy who was actually a pastor, but he was gay, but his parents didn't know he was gay. And there was a couple of like news articles that came out because he was tied to like this denomination that doesn't agree with gay people or homosexuality, which is a lot of denominations, but like he was writing books and whatnot. And then the publisher was coming out to saying like, he's gay. And then this New York times writer was writing an article about him. And she said, I'm going to publish this, get your ducks in a row because everybody's going to know that you're gay. And so she published it and that's how his parents found out. Oh my God. Okay. So maybe we will do that to you. Uh, maybe not, but yeah. it was an interesting story. He was like, you know what? Like it was time. I just needed it to happen. And yeah, somebody else did it for me. Everyone's different. Like it'll, it can come in your own time or you can have somebody who doesn't, doesn't give a fuck and is going to push, push things against your will. Yeah. That's a really interesting story though. Yeah. That's insane. I feel like there's just so much about this topic and we actually had kind of a different episode plan for today. But I felt like because Esther really wanted to have this conversation that it needed to happen. And I think this could turn into like a longer series where we talk about deconstructing different types of religions and ultimately coming to find your own spirituality practice. And if, yeah. if you're if you've been listening for a while, I feel like this has this has become a spirituality podcast. I think it we kind of always had that intention, but we were I don't know, I think we wanted to just kind of see I mean where it led. It is like I feel like it is it is a re, like a spirituality podcast in at its core, but we we've like talked about so many things and even this own episode, right? Like we're deconstructing Christianity and like talking about Esther's experience, but we're also talking about the relationship between us, right? And it's like, and I think that that is also spirituality in its own way, right? Like the amount of love that we can have for each other and our relationships and all of the things, like it's just, I think that spirituality can be so many things. And in the end, it's like, I think that all in all, like you can be a Christian, you can be Muslim, you can be anything, right? But you can still have a spiritual practice and you can still have beliefs that don't align with your church or like the majority of what the writings that you follow say. And Mm -hmm. that's fine too. Like, I think that like in life and in spirituality, everything is valid unless you're like openly harming others, I think. Like that's where my line is. Like, am Mm -hmm. I like for like, and that's like the religion that I was brought in, like brought into this world with. Like my mom was like, don't do the others what you wouldn't want 
mm-hmm. others to do you, to do to you. So mm-hmm. it's like, would I lie to people? Do I want to be lied to? No. Like that's that was like the the thing. So for me, like that's like where you know, like that's the line. You know, mm-hmm. are you harming someone with your beliefs? Are you like bullying people? into doing things. Like we're not like, I think that if you're being kind and if you're being like, quote unquote, a good person, right? Like it's, it's great. Like you can believe in anything. Right. I think like the quote unquote, being a good person is just intention. Like what is your intention behind your actions and the things Mm -hmm. that you say and do? I think the premise of your podcast is like growing, right? Like it's about blooming through every season. And I think spirituality is such a big part of that, of of your day-to-day growth. Like you're going to have a different experience in your maturity from early 20s to like early 30s to 40s, 50s. Like you're learning constantly about who you are, who you want to be, how you want to live in the world. And then if you end up having children, how you want to pass that on to future generations. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have children, how you still want to pass it on to other generations and and the future of our society, however long it lasts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it is, it's about spirituality, but it's also about just life. And I think spirituality is just a big part of life. Well, right, because mm-hmm. we all have a spirit or else we'd just be these mangled well, bodies. <laughs> well, we think so, but right? who yeah, knows? We don't know, know if everybody has a spirit. Oh, wow. <laughs> Maybe they're black holes. <laughs> okay, wow. I wasn't prepared for that answer. We should have an episode on aliens. <laughs> well, don't aliens Please. have spirits? Isn't a spirit like what gives you you? And then if you your spirit leaves then you're just dead. You're just a body. Yes, right? that's fair. So but do like, spirits ever leave? Well, and that's where we on. close the episode. Okay, well, that's not what I was saying. <laughs> I was saying that if you're like alive, then you're a spirit. So do are there spirits in plants since they're living beings? I think I so. Mean, I mean, I, I have an avocado plant behind me. I'd say it's pretty spirited, you know? <laughs> They are like, alive. They can sense, like, they hear when you're talking they, to them. Yeah. So are there spirits within them or is it just energy? Or is I it think it's just energy. life. So are we I think not, it's more energy. Yeah. What's the difference between energy and spirit? That's a great question. That is a great question. And I don't think we're qualified <laughs> to answer that. But maybe spirit is like... <laughs> Maybe spirit is like cognitive, like you actually can react to certain things and like, like form conscious. opinions and do things. Yeah. Whereas like energy, but then but then there's artificial intelligence too. Yeah. So how where do you does that fit that? in? I don't know. We yeah. you need there's an a lot of things that we don't understand, and I think it's great, and that's why we have a podcast so that we can just try yeah. and figure just all this shit out on. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just but take what you want. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, God, where that's the takeaway from this is exactly take what you want, leave <laughs> the rest. Yeah. And yeah, we're just on this journey together. So if if anyone feels passionate about this topic, hit us up and we can have you on or we'll bring on an expert to continue talking about plants. Deconstruction to plants. <laughs> the deconstruction Decon- of plants. <laughs> wait, wait. But before we go, Esther, Esther, 
we need to ask you this. Oh, yeah. If you could tell your younger self anything, what would you tell her? Mm. Related to this or anything? Anything. Whatever just came through to you. It's like, buy that lottery ticket. (laughs) I think that it's this. That don't hold on to things so tightly. Don't hold on to relationships so tightly because things change and you change and that's okay. Friendships are going to evolve. You're going to, you haven't met people that you're going to love yet. So don't think that like what you have now is just the end of everything. And it's going to be where you're at forever because you have so much more life. Like you have so many decades left of life and you're going to be a better person later too. Oh my God. I, I love, love that one. That might be the best one I've ever heard. <laughs> that is wow. Like, of course. I'm honored. And of course. <laughs> well, it came from you. <laughs> thank you so much, Esther, for yeah, joining us. You. We Thank you for having me. Oh, I love, love this you. time with you guys. We're going to have you back. I'm sure we could talk about other things. I know we oh, can yes. because we had another subject that we still need to cover. Yes. You know which one? Okay. So we'll have you back at some point. Okay. I would love that. Thank you guys for having me. This was such a lovely conversation. We love you. Bye. Bye.